0: This is ContactTalkRadio.com, Consciousness in Action, and you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio.
1: And on TuneIn.com, Hing.FM, and Upsnap
2: Mobile.
0: Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta.
2: We are blessed to live in one glorious reality. Of course, science and religion are mutually exclusive, aren't they? Neither really works by itself as a way to understand our one reality. Neither of them has the whole truth. And in fact, at this point, both are belief systems, religion and science, theism and atheism. And my dear friends, belief systems are no substitute for an open-minded search for the truth. So how can you and I come to understand what actually is going on? Well, as you know, we have a great place to begin to build our understanding with with, with the, the information coming from people who are actually in a much better place to have a good perspective on reality. When we study nearly 200 years of abundant and consistent communications from people we used to think were dead, we get a wonderfully complete picture of our one reality. And what we learn from the dead is consistent with both quantum physics and the teachings of Jesus. It all comes together perfectly. At last, reality makes sense. Our guest today is the lovely Betty Ann Miller. She's a widow I met at the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies Conference in July of 2014 in Scottsdale, Arizona. She had lost her beloved husband, Murray, after 57 years. Wow, Betty Ann, you've got it beating us. We we're only at 42. After 57 years of marriage, and then she began to get amazing signs and communications from him. Here is a woman who simply tried to keep in touch with her husband and she's maintained a relationship. I think her story is beautiful and inspiring. Welcome, Betty Ann. Thank you.
1: It's such an honor uh, to be on your program, Roberta. It's just been such an amazing journey the past (laughs) two years. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! I, I'd like to start—not really at the beginning, but just—I uh, know a little bit about your history. This was love at first sight, right? And it was almost. Oh, it was years indeed
1: ago. love at first sight. Yes, and the love
2: is still continuing on. It's just getting
1: stronger and growing stronger all the time.
2: Wow! All right. So he—he we, we, he died unexpectedly, right? He had um, a stroke. Yes, he had a stroke, and I realized
1: that uh, God was very deliberate that morning. I knew that at some point I would have to give him back to God. And when I realized that he would never talk or walk or swallow again,
2: Mm.
1: I could never be so selfish to keep him. I knew that God wanted him, and that was how he was taking him.
2: He, and he, I was okay with that. He had a stroke in the night, right? It, 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 yeah. he woke up? Okay. And so that actually is a pretty easy way for people to graduate from here. Oh, like, it's a wonderful
1: way to graduate. I can't think of anything finer. And the minute I knew that, I gave his power, of, uh, of it, the power that I had to the doctor immediately, because I did not want to prolong his life and have him suffer. I just knew that no. it would be better for him to be in heaven.
2: Wait, was he conscious during this time? Did he, was he aware of what was going on?
1: He couldn't speak at all, but yes, I am sure, yes, absolutely, he knew what was going on. Oh but my. I was totally speechless.
2: Oh, my. All right, so how long did he survive after the stroke? Five days? Uh, Not quite
1: five five days, yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: okay. All right. So, all right. This is very hard. Um, You've been together for so long and you love each other so much. You're very brave to have done the right thing. I'm I'm about to do a blog post on letting people go because, uh, just parenthetically, I, I recently read an article someone had written about the worst ways to die. And they went through all the horrible, torturous deaths during the Inquisition and all these things. And they said, but when it came to the amount of suffering involved in the duration, the, the most awful way to die would be was as an average American in a hospital. I thought that was shocking. Wow. So you, you did the right thing. And what many more people will do when they understand that, that death doesn't end anything, you, you gave him back.
1: Well, I I gave it immediately and I've had about 55 readings with him and he has (laughs) said, I have, and he has said on more than one occasion, thank you for letting me go. It made my journey so much easier.
2: Wow. He has
1: thanked me on a number of occasions (laughs) for being so understanding.
2: I I think that's fabulous and I hope everyone listening will think about that. We all are going to have maybe not spouses but certainly parents who need to be given that permission. death ends nothing. The re- the relationship goes on strong and Bidiana is going to tell us about how it's happened in her case. So so all right, when did you first hear from him or how did how did things transfold Well it,
1: um it was actually 8 months to the day of his passing and it was Mother's Day on Sunday, oh. May the 12th. And it's really amazing because my precious friend, Blair Lancaster, had invited me to her home for dinner. And normally, I would have her to my home on Sundays. And she said, no, no, I want to have you because I want to invite other friends. So we were sitting at the kitchen table enjoying our dinner, and there were three of us. Her friend Diana had joined us. And all of a sudden, we we hear voices. And where are they coming from? We look out the window, and no, there's oh. no neighbors around. And Blair goes into the family room, and she finds the TV changed to the sports channel. And three times she tried to turn it off, and three times it bounced back on. Now, Blair and I wouldn't even know the number of the sports channel, but this is so relevant because every time that Blair and Brian would invite us for dinner, we'd be driving to their house, and my husband would say, I don't know if Tag was made that pot." And so as soon as he'd go in the door, he'd head to the family room. Oh, my. Put the channel on. Yes. Tagger made the putt. Yes, the game was over. Then he'd sit and be the perfect guest. (laughs) Made the putt. (laughs) It it was so, um, no doubt. So anyhow, so then Blair went, uh, when she... you know, three times it bounced back on. She's very spiritual, and she could feel a spirit present. And she returned to the kitchen, and she was pale and shaken. And she said, Murray is here. And there was no doubt in our minds. No doubt. We knew for sure.
2: That's one of the things that the, the the dead, and I refer to them as dead, because I think death needs to get a much better reputation among us than it's had. I mean, the body is dead, but his mind is more alive than it ever was. But this is the kind of thing that they can do easily because they're they're basically energy. We are, too. We just don't know it. But they mess with electricity big time. So he was really, really pulling your leg at that point. He was,
1: but that was the beginning of the most incredible week. That was Sunday. Thursday, I was attending a luncheon at the, con- at the convention center, and I was taken and seated at table 13. A few minutes later, a lovely young lady is seated to my right. We introduced ourselves. She said she's Diane Wilson, that she had had three children, and she went on to say two were born with a rare neurodegenerative disorder, and both had passed on. Roberta, I can't believe I said this, I'm usually very diplomatic, someone put the words in my mouth, it was such an unnatural question to ask and yet it was so natural, I just looked at her and said, oh, have the children come to visit since they passed? And she <laughs> replied with not a blink of an eye, oh yes, also. Oh, wow! <laughs> it was, and at that precise time the speaker started, so that was the end of the conversation, And at the end, when he was finished, we all were hurrying because we all had other appointments to go to. And Diane explained to me that she had a book in memory of her son, Colton, and she would like to give me a copy. And when could she deliver it? So I looked and said, oh, Saturday at 4 would be fine. So that it's now about quarter to 3. So off I go to my 3 o'clock appointment at the spa for a facial. And I'm pretty excited about Marie's visit and my esthetician practices medium as a hobby she's not a professional so upon hearing of murray's visit on the sunday she said oh would you like me to do a reading while i'm working on you and i said sure of course so among other things Murray refers to my grandmother's crystal vanity set which happens to be in a bathroom so i'm advised i'm going to get a message in this bathroom in a few days to validate the reading now this is my first reading So i think, oh, sure, yeah. (laughs) So two days later, Saturday, Diana arrives with the book. And she said, I'm really curious regarding your question to the children visit. So I explained about Murray's visit to Blair's, and she said, this is unbelievable. I've just been certified to teach my first intuition course, which is going to include loved ones who are in the spirit realm. It just happens to be in two weeks' time in Burlington. I said, count me in. I didn't even ask, how much is it? Right. <laughs> and then she went on to say, the beauty of this being her first course, her sister, Lori Wilson, has taught this course for over 20 years in five countries of the world to over 8,500 students, and she's going to be there to assist. So that's Saturday. Saturday. The following day, Sunday, I'm to deliver the prayers of the people at our church. And it's the first day of Pentecost, so I should be wearing something red. So I put on a red pantsuit. I happen to be standing in front of my grandmother's crystal vanity set, and I check the pockets. haven't worn this suit in months, I guess not since Rory was in ICU. Guess what I find? the icu business card that i was given when marie was dying how remarkable because i had been pondering and seriously considering and donating the quiet room adjacent to the new icu tower that's being built in our hospital in memory of murray so there i knew instantly that was the message and yes i decided to donate the room and did the next day so there lovely. was the reading validated. I got the message in front of the crystal bandy set and the room.
2: Wow, that's great. So, so, so you had the reading. Wait, tell me about the reading.
1: Well, uh, there's not much to say in that reading. I've got so many readings that are just uh, this. The the esthetician. This is just a hobby for her. So, I'll I'll really. Uh, be happy to share some readings because i have had i have had the most amazing readings do you want to know yeah, a few more signs or let's
2: let's do signs and we'll do readings there was one where there was a child i really want to hear about that but let, let's let's do well, the readings oh yeah you you I've got, okay first. let's continue
1: because the signs are amazing so then um it's now then i attend the course and yes laurie contacts her um spirit guide, and yes, Maurice had definitely put the sports channel on at layers. but this next sign, oh, Roberta, it's absolutely true. It's unbelievable how hard he must have worked. So fast forward to Sunday, June the 16th, 2013, and it's 9.30 in the morning, and our 58th wedding anniversary is going to be in two days. So for years in celebration of the anniversary, we placed the flowers on the altar in memory of our parents, and this year I had Murray's name. I'm walking down the aisle, and I saw the chair that he always occupied, which now I was advised by the minister you're to sit there now in his seat. It's covered in silver sparkles. And I look huh. throughout the church, it is the one and only chair covered in sparkles. As I sat in it, I realized the sparkles were placed to perfection in the shape of diamonds, mini diamonds. If you can just visualize an upholstery fabric with diamonds in it,
0: that's exactly
1: what it was. I knew with all my heart it was an anniversary gift from Marie from heaven. So at the exchange of the piece, I said to the lady sitting next to me, Do you see what I see? Oh, she said, Don't worry about it. If you are wearing a navy wool skirt, you'd be covered in sparkles. You don't have any sparkles on you. (laughs) And I was wearing a new pair of navy cotton capris, but I knew she did not see the perfection. And then a friend was walking down the aisle to communion, and she noticed the one and only chair covered in sparkles, and she thought, B.A. is enveloped in the universe today. And then (laughs) I later learned that the custodian commented on the following Thursday and again on the Friday that she was having difficulty removing the sparkles from the one and only chair.
0: But you had
2: confirmation from him. Yeah, okay, go ahead, keep going. Sorry.
1: I got home and I phoned Laurie Wilson and I said, I need a private reading, I need to know. Now, Murray has told three different mediums that, yes, he did it. It was incredibly difficult and he was so humbled to be working with such higher spirits that were classic artisans that made it happen.
2: Oh, wow, what a great story. Now, that's educational for everyone. That's the kind of thing that if if our loved ones really are trying to make a show, they can ask for help from more powerful beings who can do all kinds of things uh, to affect matter with their minds. Isn't that a beautiful story? Wow.
1: Oh, but when to hear the next one. Okay, let's you go. Heard. Let's go. The <laughs> next one was amazing. I was leaving. <laughs> To go to phoenix to attend the conference and i have i was just filled with such excitement i knew i was going to love every second of that conference
2: oh, and no. I got up
1: and it was four thirty in the morning and i'm making the bed because the limo is coming in an hour and all of a sudden i hear a loud thud and i look and i see a carved wooden buffalo sitting with all four legs standing to perfection on the carpet turned around facing the opposite direction now it has sat on this high chest in one direction since 1973 and it wasn't close to the edge in any way trust me roberta i do all the dusting (laughs) i knew immediately this is a gift from heaven
2: saying glad
1: you're going i'll be with you
2: yes isn't that wonderful Wow. Well, there's a lot. I've, I've read the story, so I know there's a lot more to come from Betty Ann. Thank you so much, Betty. We're going to just break briefly. You're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Our guest is the lovely Betty Ann Miller, and we'll be right back.
0: Marta Grimes spent decades reading more than 150 years of abundant and consistent communications from the dead. The result is her book, The Fun of Dying. Find out what really happens next. The Fun of Dying shows you why your mind is eternal. It explains how you can enjoy the death process. And it describes in detail the glorious forever that awaits us all. Now Roberta follows the fun of dying with the fun of staying in touch. Learn how our dead loved ones give us spectacular signs of their survival. Learn about the wonderful ways that you can stay in contact with those you love. Go to robertagrimes.com for more information. It turns out that love really is eternal.
2: Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available for free on iTunes. And whether you listen live or download us and listen as you drive, thank you so much for joining us today. We're talking with Betty Ann Miller who was widowed after 57 years of marriage. A couple of years ago, I believe this happened, Betty Ann. And since then, she has had what to me is an extraordinary and yet perfectly usual continued relationship with her husband. She has a terrific story to tell. But as you listen, please understand, I hear these stories, maybe not quite so spectacular, but pretty amazing sometimes. I hear them all the time from people. They just don't tell anyone about them unless they're sure uh, they'll be a sympathetic listener. And that's why you don't hear them. But Betty Ann, please go on. Now t- you, you You got to Phoenix then uh, to the conference but this was the ASCS conference in Phoenix actually Scottsdale in July of 2014 which was extraordinary anyone's interested in sort of reading the summary of the conference should go to ASCSI.org but that's where I met Betty Ann so so continue your story please
1: well, just to follow up on the trip to Phoenix, I had a reading prior to just prior to going, and he said, he, or he said, I want you to buy a brightly colored blouse with some punch to it in Phoenix. And I laughed and said, I'm not doing any shopping in Phoenix. I'm not leaving the hotel in 110 degree heat. And his reply was, leave it with me. Well, Roberta, as you know, the very first morning while walking through the hotel corridor and I waited to the meeting, this lady had all of the uh, clothes for sale in the corridor. Oh yes. And it's, and as soon as I saw this turquoise top, I knew that was the one he'd chosen. So I bought it. So in the first reading I got at, when I got home, I said, what color was the top that you wanted me to buy? Now, I knew that Rory wouldn't refer to it as turquoise. He quickly replied, the blue one, because he would think of it as being blue rather than turquoise.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: And uh, so isn't that amazing? And then he went on to say, <laughs> and I tried so hard to get you to buy some jewelry, and you just walked right past it, which is oh. true. I had no,
2: no interest. <laughs> yeah no we, we had lovely vendors but i, I yeah the, the the i should just say what the, what is it goddess um goddess wear the goddess wear lady had some amazing clothes i agree i bought some too it's i've never seen anything like it but i wear my top all the time so yes i have
1: so, not seen anything like it <laughs> But, yeah, if you want, I've got so many with 55 readings, but I've chosen a couple that were really spectacular, and I can assure you each and every one of the 55 has been validated. Um, but the second reading I had with Laurie, Lori said he had attended his own funeral, and I thought about it. So in my next reading, I said, I need validation. There was something unique, never done before or since, at our church at a funeral. Please tell me about it. Oh, his answer was, oh, there was the music and the floating angels dancing about the banners. It was for my honor, for my celebration. Now, I had arranged for the young, lethar- I guess you'd say, liturgical dancers from our church, whom Murray so enjoyed, to dance down the aisle during the Lord's Prayer and it had never been done before. And that's exactly what he was explaining. So I have a question for you. When our loved ones attend your own funeral, do they come as an orb, or, with, or do they come with their identical invisible body?
2: I think they can come both ways, but they always, or virtually always, have a guide with them. They, they seem not to attend alone. I have the sense they often come as their own energy bodies than not just as an orb but the we have to understand to them there isn't the same difference as there is to us between their energy body which looks like they looked in life and their and in an orb it's it's still them they they i think they feel the same both ways it's just how we perceive them but um did he tell you how he came No, he didn't. And Roberta,
1: somewhere I know I read, and honestly, I have searched, and I can't find where I read. I know that I read that our orb is tucked in the pocket of our invisible identical body.
2: Oh, that's a cute story, except that our body doesn't have... That's a cute story. Um, As I understand it, it's the same energy. It just appears to us in a different form. Because... When we, uh, very advanced beings who who look at the reality, the reality around them, level six beings who look at the reality around them, my, my understanding is what they see is what amounts to nothing or blackness with specks of light. No specks of light are people. And to them, that looks normal. Um, we don't have, we, when we graduate, we graduate to a lovely, normal-looking, beautiful, post-death reality, but that's because we would be freaked out if all we saw were specks of light It appears that that energy body, which is the orb, is the same energy as their body. But this is one thing that the dead don't really talk about. Um, Most of the stuff I've read was early 20th century. And, of course, that's way before anyone even knew of such things as orbs or how energy bodies work. So I'm really not sure. I'll see if I can find out, though. And if I can find out, I'll let you know. Okay, I'd appreciate that. Yeah. Um,
1: Okay, so so following on... um, My second reading with Kathleen Tucci, oh, it was really over the top. I'm going to remember this reading forever. The very first, she started with the numbers 1927 and said, does that mean anything to you? At that precise moment, no, it didn't. But before the reading ended, wow, it sure did, because and Murray would really know the significance. My friend Pam Eve's, um, as she was dying, I said to her husband, would you like me to write her obituary? And he said, yes. And I said, well, I don't know how old she is. And he said, And I don't either. And I said, well, we better find out. So he said he had two birth certificates, one 1927 and one 1928. So I oh. laughed and said, well, I better use 1928. I didn't ask to see. What I now think happened was the birth certificate was 1927 and the baptismal would be 1928 is yeah. what I think happened. So obviously we now learn the real year from heaven. So then he went on to say about how we had written love notes to each other when we worked at Steve Park. Iron Mind Yes, we did. He talked about how I had a tree that needed to be trimmed. He didn't want the branches coming down in the house. Yes, I did that that week. Then he went on to say, you have rearranged the mantle. Yes, there were two new ornaments on the mantle. And Kathleen said he sees new things and he likes these. Well, I purchased two Royal Dalton's of Pam's from her husband and picked these up after Murray died. He never saw them.
2: Oh, then
1: he is stand, uh, Kathleen said, did he write a song for you because he's standing at a microphone singing with writing on paper, Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. <laughs> Roberta, this is absolutely unbelievable. Six months before Marie died, Pam died. I did her eulogy. I stood at the microphone with my tight eulogy notes. I went on. And at one point I said, she would be the first to say, the way I lived my life, I did it my way. I completed the eulogy, I sat down, and the funeral home played Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Wow. Oh, Kathleen said, he's so thrilled you got it. He wants you to write a book, he keeps saying that. And he said, I'm hanging out with Pam today. And Pam was the one that we now know was born in 1927. Yeah. So I said, when she walked into her room, all heads turned, and she's still turning heads. And she, Pam went on. Then Pam came through and said, we were divinely led and that we were good friends. And she's showing a suitcase. And I said, I guess you would. It's taken months to give away all her clothes. Because she was recognized as one of Canada's leading fashion coordinators. now roberta if you think back to the conference in phoenix that thursday night yes my husband showed up while jamie clark was doing his gallery yes and he murray said that he was doing working that he was doing a new sign for me and i stood up and talked about the sign the buffalo falling that morning Uh and then um It was, I think, close to 8.30 and Suzanne was trying to get finished and she kept saying, I have someone here that just won't go away and she's showing a runway and photographers and cameras. That was, remember, I stood up and said, I waited for a minute and no one stood up, so I stood up and said, Yes, that would be Candace, number one fashion coordinator. So when I got home, I thanked Murray for them coming and he said once pam knew we were coming there was no holding her back
2: yeah so so they're together they're they're hanging around a little bit and enjoying life together and that's that's lovely that's which wonderful is, which is what we tend to do we tend to gravitate to to the people who were close to us in our most previous lifetime uh, most recent previous lifetime and um and it's it's just now you have both the support of both of them and and the strength of both of them behind you. I think that's just fabulous. Tell me about this. There was a sign with a child. What 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 was that about? Oh,
1: okay. This is really interesting. Um, I had read the book by Suzanne Giesman, The Priest and the Medium. Uh huh. Oh, it's an oh, it's a wonderful book. Everybody should read this book. And the uh, medium being Reverend Ann Gaiman. So I was reading this book in June, and before I put it down, I emailed Reverend Gaiman, could I please have a reading? And I never, ever heard from her. And this Canadian Thanksgiving Day, I got an email and that she would give me a reading of two or three months. So that was fine. Then all of a sudden, last week, I got an email, on a phone call on Monday that she'd do the reading on Wednesday. And she went on. There were many people. Many of my mother's friends were there. And then she said, Marie was with a little girl who'd been stillborn, and she now looks about six years old. She's growing up beautifully with a beautiful face and long hair, and I knew immediately who it would be. And I was so happy for both of them. We didn't have any children, and Marie loved children, particularly little girls. And he'd be so so kind to her, and can you imagine the great joy he that she would be bringing to him?
2: Oh yes, oh she has a grandpa, isn't that wonderful? <sighs> and so so whose child was this?
1: It would be. Um, uh, we are friends with the grandparents.
2: Okay, all right. So 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 do you so you. I remember the story now. So you spoke with the grandparents about? This. No,
1: no, no. I haven't um, because this September was the conference in Phoenix. We're going to learn what happens to babies before birth by miscarriages oh, okay. and other events. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to learning, and I think I need to have that before I can can bring oh, okay. up the subject.
2: Yes. The, the, yeah. the conference that we had in July, which was on new developments in afterlife communication, the one that will be in September of 2015 that you're talking about, Betty Ann, is life um, and life in the afterlife. And one of the speakers, but basically every topic is being covered by an expert, which is just, um, frankly, Craig Hogan has done an extraordinary job putting this together. And one of the speakers is going to be talking exactly about that, what happens when babies die and stillborns and fetuses also grow up in the afterlife but that's a beautiful example of what happens they they grow up they're beautiful young people and they grow to young adulthood and then they they don't grow farther than that there's no need to but then they they know their parents when the parents come and they call them mom and dad and uh in this case, she has a wonderful grandpa. I'm so happy for well, her. Well, she
1: has her, her She would have her own grandparents. Well, she'd have great-grandparents, but Murray would be so good to her. And this is the second time that he has been with a child. I don't know if she was the first one because there wasn't much discussion on it. Um, I had just said, but we had not lost ch- any children, so then the medium went on to something else. And I can tell you that I've had a reading with Suzanne Wilson, who was uh-huh. in Phoenix. Yes. And there were 51 validations out of 51 in one hour. and she 51? 50 <laughs> 51. I have typed 51 and 51 true validations.
2: Oh, yeah. What, and what she, did she say about this?
1: Well, I, just a second, I, I'll have to think, uh, think. But she ended up saying, wow. There is no words to describe this man's energy. He Uh surpasses any I have done. She said, I am totally speechless.
2: Isn't that fabulous? Oh, wow. Another of the things we know about people that are around small children like that in the afterlife is that they are very, very wonderful energies. Um, the children are very carefully protected. So uh, they're raised by people who have special care and love for children in special places. And the very fact that he's with children that are not would not have been related to him in life shows, if nothing else does, that shows that your Murray is an extraordinarily loving man. They, otherwise, he, he wouldn't be in that position. That's, just oh he, he
1: is extra, he is. And I have well, you, you you know this and I'm learning it from you that when you die you take your mind or your consciousness with you and yes. you take your personality and he was kind and loving in life and it shows through in every reading, every medium refers to how kind and loving he is.
2: Oh, isn't that wonderful? Well, so you you were really blessed to have him. Uh, Oh, incredibly blessed for only fifty, you know, almost sixty years. That's great. Now, what? what, Go go ahead.
1: Well, the fact that you you referred to the little girl that will grow up to you know mid twenties kind of thing. Uh, maybe I should just share with the, the audience. And this is just incredible. And, of course, Maurice, he arranged this at all, and I'm sure he does. I have no question that he's arranging all this. He's in no doubt yes. arranged. You know, I sat right behind you and introduced myself to you on the Thursday night. He probably yes. arranged
2: that. Oh, no but, question. That's a very <laughs> important point. No question about that. Can Th- lovely... you believe how lucky <laughs> I was to have breakfast
1: Sunday morning and Monday morning with Sonia Rinaldi, one of the internationally recognized researchers.
0: And Murray said, yes,
1: he arranged that. Well, I have three photos of Murray in real life that Sonia has taken. It is unequivocally him. I would know his eyes anytime, anywhere. And he had very little hair when he died. He now looks exactly as he did. I have a picture that was taken of the two of us at the Claire and the Laurentians when he was 26 years old. The <laughs> photos from the other side are identical. The hair right. is identical.
2: Everyone's going, what? What? And when we come back, we're going to explain this. This is one of the reasons that I initially wanted to have you on, so I'm so glad we're going right to it. Meanwhile, this is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. You are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you really grasp all the implications of that glorious truth, it's going to change everything in your life. Our guest today is the wonderful Betty Ann Miller, and we'll be right back.
0: Afterlife researcher Victor Zamet has long been a leader in the field of helping us understand what is going on. Like Roberta Grimes, Victor is an attorney. Like her, he was dissatisfied with the scientific and religious explanations of reality. So he did what lawyers do. He examined the evidence. And when he drew the same set of conclusions that every open-minded researcher has drawn, he began to educate the world. Roberta considers the free Friday Afterlife report that Victor and Wendy Zammit produce to be indispensable access to fresh information about our one reality. Go to victorzammit.com and sign up to receive their wonderful Friday Afterlife report. That's V I C T O R Z A M M I T.com. It's the best news you'll read all week.
2: Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. We're talking today with Betty Ann Miller, who lost her husband after 57 years, although it turned out she didn't lose him at all because she's been getting extraordinary signs and communications from him. She was at the conference in Scottsdale in July of 2014 um, uh, called New Developments in Afterlife Communication, the ASCSI conference. And that's where I met her. Now, I one of the things that was big news the last day of the conference was that someone had gone to Sonia Rinaldi's room and had... Um, gotten really good pictures from the afterlife of her spouse. Now, I didn't know who it was until I discovered it was someone I had actually met um, at in the conference, um, named named Betty Ann Miller. To just to preface this, Sonia Rinaldi is using the computer to communicate with the afterlife. She can communicate with voice, and she can also communicate by getting pictures. Taken in the afterlife, appearing, and and she does this abundantly. That she does a lot of pictures, so um, she she showed them in her in her talk. But now, you you, you met you had breakfast with her, right? And so oh yes, just,
1: yes. But no, it was not me. Um, she did me once. I got home. I was not the one. I don't know who that might oh, be. Oh, really? You, so
2: you're saying this was after you got back? She did this. This for it was you?
1: after I got back. Oh. Yes. No. Uh, no. When I had breakfast with her, I I'm not quite clear which widow it might have been. I do know for a fact because I have the picture that she, that Sonia sent me. The uh, lady who was the mother of the twins, the eighteen-month-old twins,
2: uh-huh. um,
1: she went to Sonia's room. And she did uh, photograph the little boy, and I do have that on my computer.
2: Wow, okay, I do. Well,
1: but maybe that for was me, the one.
2: Yeah, okay, well, so, uh, yes. So, so, so you sort of met her. Now, Sonia Rinaldi is Brazilian. She works with with what's called by the dead, the Brazilian station. Um, so most of the communication she gets are in Portuguese, but. Right now, they're in the process of establishing a, an English-speaking station in the United States. So, hopefully, within a, you know, maybe even by next summer, we'll have some good communications generated yep. there. But meanwhile, so you sort of made a friend of Sonia. Tell us then what happened next. Oh, she's just been amazing. I hear from her almost every day. She's just over.
1: Oh, she's just amazing. Everyone is in love with Murray. Everybody loved him in real life, and nothing is changing. The medium's like him. Sonia is over the moon because he's. The photos are just wonderful. It's absolutely him. Now, that's not abnormal because I'm sure she gets that with everyone. But for me, it confirms that. um, Monsignor Robert Hugh Benson, you you know, the um, Anglican priest turned Catholic priest and the son of the former Archbishop of Canterbury. Well, I've read his books twice. In fact, I've just now got the book and everyone can read his books for free on the Internet. You just have to Google monsignor benson but life
2: in the afterlife life in the afterlife is the name of his first and i think the other is more life in the afterlife or more about life in the afterlife but yeah they're free just simply google them and you can read them and they are considered by many experts to be the best summaries we've ever received about what it's like to first arrive there even though they're you know 100 years old okay continue so
1: and so he says we have hair and nails and the spirit body travels through space with the rapidity of thought, and it's instantaneous. Mm-hmm. And then it also confirms uh, Victor Zamets, that our in our afterlife, our appearance can regress to our best age. And yes. it's also in your book. So, and it's also confirming God's promise to us of an eternal
2: life. Oh, truly, <laughs> truly, it does. In in spades, I must say, this is this is um, the kind of afterlife which. If you were to try to dream up perfection, you even wouldn't come close to what it's like in the, in the actual afterlife that we all enter at death. If you've had even a halfway decent life, you don't have to be a star and you don't have to, frankly, to have had any particular religion. Um, God loves you so much that what's waiting for you is playtime like you cannot possibly imagine. So your, so your Murray is, a, is, is gorgeous now again, right? He's 26 and he, he has his hair back and he looks really good. He has his hair back. Not that he ever had a
1: lot of hair, but it's exactly even, just identical, because I've I've put the picture side by side. Now, that, that to Sonia would be fairly normal. I think that happens all the time. But then uh-huh. she decided she would do something different, and she did another photo of him. Well, she was over the moon. She has never had anyone move their head, and he moved his head twice. So I can see that. Well, Craig Hogan, is calling it uh, remarkably, incredibly remarkable. So he's really quite why,
2: delighted. Why, yeah, but let's explain why that would be. You know, these are not, uh, you know, some photo taken when he was 26 somehow slickly made to look as if. Well, he's this is a real time photograph transmitted from the afterlife levels through. Sonia's computer in which the, the person being photographed moves. I think I think that's really terrific. That's oh, wonderful. yeah, she's just over the moon about it. And, you know, when Murray was
1: alive, I often would say, honey, I've got some to-do lists for you. Well, now every reading I keep saying, honey, I really have a to-do list for you. You just have to work with those engineers, and you've got to get this North American transmission station working because yes. the Portuguese works, the Spanish works, And if we could get
2: the North American working, I can communicate with him via the Internet. Yes. The thing about the station that's so important is that right now we have people chatting with dead relatives routinely. The trouble is it's not in English. So we cannot wave it under the noses of the skeptics and say, you know, explain this, kiddos. When we can, and, and it took about two years, I believe, for Sonia to get to the point where she really was doing real-time stuff. Um, we expect, they're, they're getting good results now from the station that's in English. I would not be surprised, certainly by, December of 2016 when there will be a third conference. I would expect that we'll have real-time communication by uh, by with by, between grieving people and their loved ones like Murray. Uh, and that's going to be a great day because there'll be no way anybody then can deny that, that our minds are eternal. Life will change for all of us then. Wonderfully, positively, and forever. We're, we're coming sort of close to the end of our time. We have a little more time. What, what Anything else you want us to know about your Your relationship with Murray as it goes well, you mentioned about
1: um Suzanne Wilson, and I do have fifty one different one um, <laughs> he's a show off your Murray is a show off oh he he's wonderful,
2: <laughs> he really is um but what's the most spectacular one, or, or what are some of the most spectacular oh, ones? Oh, I know had? one. I know. I asked, I said, did you ever ring the doorbell?
1: And Suzanne replied, yes, it looks like he did twice. And this is really funny, because the very first time that I guess he really did come to visit me was about two months after he passed in November. And I know with all my heart that doorbell rang. And it frightened me. It was 4 o'clock in the morning, and I called oh, the thanks police. Oh, a lot, Murray. <laughs> and six policemen came, oh, and they couldn't my. find anything wrong. And then the very first reading I had, Murray said, well, yeah, he rang the doorbell. He saw the police, and I've had three mediums confirm that. But I don't like to say that
2: because that sounds so... <laughs> what, what are your thoughts, Roberta? You're the expert. Well, no, I, I think that they don't have time there, and he was able to do a, a trick with electricity, which was, you know, basically saying, hi there. That's all these signs are. They're, they're hi there, I'm okay, I love you, everything is fine, I'll see you soon. That's all they are. So, so he did it at the wrong time. Was he bothered that he had given you that kind of a start?
1: Well, he said he didn't mean to, but then he said our electrical system is just so fine-tuned. And then he did it again in July, but I was very uh, – I, I didn't bother me. To, I, I thought, oh, honey's come to stay with me. That's okay. But I said to him, please, don't ring the doorbell again. It's too no. frightening.
2: No, yeah. Well, that, that's part of the problem that the dead have in communicating with us because they can manipulate our reality pretty easily. They can move matter. They can make it appear and disappear. They can do things with their minds we can't. But they tend to be very respectful of the fact that they can freak us out. And obviously, he's worried <laughs> about doing that with you if he's now laying off your doorbell. Um, that, they're, that, that's why this none of this communication stuff is to be feared. They're, the, the people communicating with us, are the, the connection is love. And if they love us, they're going to just try to make things happy and comfortable for us. They're not going to try to scare us. Even though it's oh, no, almost of course how, he would, you, would never scare would, me. You are, no, he, you and I are recording this when it's almost Halloween, and everybody's talking about how spooky this all is. But it isn't at all spooky. It's the most loving possible thing, isn't it? A tremendous comfort to you that you know he's right there with you and he's taking care of you. Oh, it's so. I never, I never have any fear because I know that he wouldn't
1: let anything happen to me. He didn't when he was alive, and I know that he's around me, and. You know, quite frankly, I can hardly wait to get there because I know (laughs) he's going to be there to greet me. And he often says, I can't wait for you to get here so we can travel. And I gather over there. We just have a a thought and it's instantaneous. And off we go, oh, I know another one that was really amazing. I was in Rome in February. And I was in the garden. We're looking through the doors of the Garden of the Capline Museum. And it was Saturday. And all of a sudden, I saw one lone butterfly, and it flew directly to me, looked at me, and then away. Now, I never saw another butterfly ever in Rome after that. But I was We were our tour. We were at the Vatican on the Monday and I thought there's got to be a butterfly come here. This just looks like the spot. So I was looking for one and all of a sudden a friend called, Betty Ann, quick. She saw the lone butterfly. I didn't. Then again on the Tuesday we were at the catacombs and I thought there's got to be a one butterfly and I didn't see it. But again she called, Betty Ann, quick. So Three times there was one lone butterfly in Rome,
2: yeah, and that's, guess who sent it? Of course. That, that's the kind of thing they'll very often do. They'll either send a cloud of either butterflies or dragonflies, or they'll send one, and, and uh, but often repeatedly. Sometimes they'll come and land on your hand or on your shirt and stay with you for a little while um usually the the dead will send will have a favorite insect um and in his case, butterflies are a lovely choice. that is a beautiful story. This is the kind now of, what one of the things you said that I kind of want to mention is this notion of travel. One of the things we're coming to understand is that each of the levels of the afterlife seems to be about the size of a whole universe the The opportunities for travel are infinite and one of the things people enjoy doing soon after they graduate is traveling because you just think a thought and you're there you know end of the universe sure i'll just take you there in an instant travel is that easy and that much fun we can go what amounts to back in time we can go to the afterlife of for example the ancient egyptians and there there their pyramids a common one for americans is to go to the afterlife of the plains indians who were among the most spiritual people ever on Earth, and, and so in fact they were so spiritual that people who have been very damaged spiritually on Earth will sometimes be brought to them for healing, which to me is a beautiful story. But that's what we're told. So, so we're, we're coming to the end now. What, what is there anything you want to make sure people know, Betty Ann? Well, just one other
1: thing that was really amazing. One uh, reading I had with Kathleen. Three times, Murray put a stethoscope around his neck and took it off. And Kathleen said, Betty Ann, I'm so sorry. I have no idea what he's trying to tell me. I asked, are, are you sick? And he said, no, she's fine. I said, I know exactly what it is. I bought him stock in a medical company this morning. That's exactly what it must be. Oh! And with that, would you believe he gave the stock symbol, a stock symbol? And I laughed and I thought to myself, clothes, but no cigars, because I bought it on the Canadian market. Three weeks later, I just happened to see that it had a U.S. symbol, and it was the symbol he gave
2: me. Oh, wow! <laughs> now, how can you explain okay. this? Stock tips from the afterlife. There's nothing they will not get involved in in our lives if we if we want that relationship. This is the situation, I hope you all appreciate the fact that this is a situation where someone who was married for almost 60 years to a man she adored is talking with us happily two years after his death because he hasn't died and she knows it and he's in her life all the time. That's why I wrote The Fun of Staying in Touch to help more people understand that this kind of relationship is possible. I am so happy for you, Betty Ann. This is just, just a beautiful story. I, I, are you coming next September? Will you be there, then? Oh, I booked the week I left. Yes, I am.
1: And I think Sonia's going to... Are you coming in
2: June to Durham, here. North Carolina? There, there are going to be two two conferences next year. That's right. One is in Durham in June, and one is in Scottsdale in September. I'm going to come to the June conference, if I can...
1: But, oh, you um, must I, because guess I I I'm sure I know who's going to be featured.
2: Sonia. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we, we will. We are going to. And I'm sorry, I've come to the end of my time. But we are. We are. We have so much more to talk about. You and I. So one of the other conference, you and I will be there. I'm Roberta Grimes, and thank you so much, Betty Ann. That was such a beautiful, beautiful story. My books are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next, and The Fun of Staying in Touch, which talks about the many ways we can communicate with the dead, just as Betty Ann still is doing. I've also got a number of novels on my website, robertagrimes.com. If you sign up there, you and I can stay in touch. We've been t- talking today with Betty Ann Miller about her ongoing relationship with Murray. And Murray sounds like a, I wish I had known him when he was here. He and we, we all could have gone out to dinner and had a wonderful time. Please join us next time. Our guest will be Waller Joel. He's a fascinating researcher who will tell us about the amazing, once common, and now fresh, cutting-edge phenomenon, which is physical mediumship. You can't miss this. He is going to boggle your mind. And now go out and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being and you are infinitely loved.
0: You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com To contact Roberta, email her at Roberta at SeekReality.com Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.